Welcome to Everyday Therapist. I'm Rich from the UK. And I'm Cody from the United States. Before we jump in, we just want to say that this podcast does not constitute therapeutic advice. First, how, how I mean, how you been? Um, no, you can go first. <laughs> okay, <here we> go. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's just touch base on a couple of things that that we wanted to share on this episode. Um, I've been having some some thoughts lately on some stuff that I want to talk about on this podcast, and I had an experience this weekend that I feel like uh, relates pretty well to that. Um, so, so I'll just I'll just kind of jump in, and, and really okay. what I want this to what I want this to go to is we, you and I, and and a number of guests that we've had on here, we talk a lot about self care, um, and I think that I have two thoughts with that. One is I think that a lot of beginning therapists um, talk about self-care quite a bit because it's simple and it's easy and it's not complex and it's very easy for other people to understand. So it's kind of a safe area for for new therapists to dive in. Um, but I also think that there's validity in that as well. I do think that self-care is, is really important. Um, but the reason that I hesitate on always just going self-care is because I worry that people will think that it's a catch-all, that if, if you do self-care, all of your problems or all of your concerns or, will go away. And, and then you, and you'll automatically and magically feel better if you just go take a bubble bath. Mm. And, and I, I don't want to give that impression on the podcast. And I feel like that's something really important to talk about. And, and so I had some experience this weekend with it and, and I'll share that and, and kind of my thoughts on it. But, um, any any thoughts from you or anything from you before I kind of dive in? Yeah, I um, I'm aware that we we talk about self care on the podcast quite a bit, and it always feels like a bit of a cliche doing yeah. some of the things that we talk about. And also, I agree, it's not a catch all. It doesn't fix everything by any means, and. Uh, well, I do a fair amount of self-care, I think. We could get into that, what, what that looks like for me and you. And I do wonder what on earth state I would be in if I didn't do all those things. Because I do all those things and, you know, I'm not running around skipping with joy all the time. So, yeah. I don't know. I think it's um, it's an interesting subject. Yeah, it is. And I, I think it's an important one. And so so my experience this weekend, and this is why I was really thinking about it quite a bit lately, is I am generally pretty good at ongoing self-care, day-to-day stuff, right? Like you and I have talked about, I get up and I play basketball three times a week. And then on the off days of those, I get up and I do a workout in my house, just down in my basement all on my own. Um, I eat right. I sleep, I don't know, eight hours a night, pretty, pretty good sleep. Um, and you and I've also talked about how we've both started doing more meditation and mindfulness. And so we're taking care of, of the mind that way. I do a lot of these things that are intended to take care of my day-to-day stuff. Um, and then I had this vacation coming up this weekend and it was just a, just like a quick three day road trip, nothing super big or anything. Just, just down at the end of, uh, the end part of the state here of Utah and get out. And, uh, we went to a, a hot air balloon festival, uh, with my, with my immediate family and then my extended family. And 
leading up to it, I, despite the fact that I, you know, work out and eat right and sleep well and do my meditation and I was feeling decent, um, I don't think I realized how much I needed a mini, mini vacation <laughs> until okay. I was down there. And, mm-hmm. um, and it became very, very evident for me while I was down there. And I knew I, I started to feel it. I was getting a little bit more frustrated and angry with things that usually would just be simple and easy, like not too upsetting, but it would last longer in my mind or I wouldn't be able to let it go as quickly or it bothered me more, a little bit more, but you don't always recognize it right away. And so, um, but when I got down there, and we could just kind of hang out. I could go out. It was warmer weather. Um, go outside, walk the dog. I did my meditation while I was walking. It was quiet. Um, got out in nature a little bit more. I did feel better. But I don't think I was doing – in fact, to be honest with you, a lot of my self-care went out the window <laughs> while I was on oh, vacation. Interesting. Right? Like, yeah. like we were eating out every meal. Uh, we would go to food trucks or – do you guys have food trucks over, over uh, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we'd go out and we'd have food trucks every month. So my, my eating habits went down and I never, I don't sleep as good away from home as I do when I'm at home. So my sleeping, uh, wasn't quite as, as, as good. Um, I wasn't doing my morning workouts anymore. And so I did keep with my meditation and I did keep with my walking, but, uh, my self-care went down, but yet I felt better, right? Like I felt, Mm. I felt like things were, were calmer and I felt better internally and my mental health was better. So that was an interesting realization for me. And yeah, uh, I'll, I mean, I'll pause there so, before I tell the rest so I'm not just talking forever. Well, no, no. I, I'm, I'm sort of just thinking that you, because obviously when you leave home to go on vacation, you're stepping away from perhaps, I don't know, 50, 60, 70% of, of your problems, your day-to-day. Obviously, yeah. work is, is a big one, isn't it? That can cause a certain amount of stress. And then at home, you've got, I don't know, maintaining a house and doing chores and all those sorts of things that you don't want to do. So I guess in some ways, this is maybe bad maths, but if you step away from all those problems, let's say you've got 70% less problems, then maybe you've got to do 70% less self-care. That's just such a load of rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, you're right. And that's exactly where I'm headed, right? Like it, it sounds obvious that when you step away from your responsibilities and your stresses that you're going to feel better. That Mm. sounds obvious, but I did find it quite interesting that my self-care went down during that time and I still continued to feel better. Right. And, and my wife even had made a mention on our way back home as we were driving home was like, yeah, you needed a vacation. (laughs) You Mm. needed some, you needed some time away. And that was, that was when it really hit for me. It was like, oh, I may have not recognized despite the fact that I'm home and I'm doing all my self-care and I'm taking care of everything that I, I need to, in order to, to feel right. I was still worn. I was still getting worn down, and I was still feeling tired and exhausted and angry. And I didn't realize it, but she she was picking up on it, and she was able to tell me, "Yes, this was this was really good for you on the way home." Yeah, yeah. I'm curious actually, because obviously we still don't know each other that well. We've only got to know each other over the last few months. And how long, or for how much of your life have you been doing self care? I think that I've gotten better at it over since I've become a therapist. Um, prior to me being a therapist, that's been about five years now. Um, prior to that, I think I was doing it, but I wasn't aware 
that that's what it was. It was just like, I've, I've grew up playing basketball. So I've always done that. That's never, mm-hmm. that's, that's always been a part of my life. Um, but I wasn't doing mindfulness. I wasn't, um, meditating. I, I've always slept good. So that hasn't necessarily changed, but my eating has gotten much better over the last few years as well. And maybe that's just because I'm getting old and, and I can't just eat whatever I want anymore. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd say there's levels of it. Like I've never been not engaged in self-care, but I've never been intentional about it. Mm. It's just been yeah. part of my life. Yeah, I think I probably had similar experiences. I know when I changed jobs is a long time ago and I wasn't as active because I used to work on building sites and, and, you know, be on the move all the time. And when I started doing meetings and driving around in a car a lot, I I realized that I was going to have to uh, change my lifestyle. So I took up running at that point. And that was really good because I'd never been a runner at all. And obviously the, the physical side of it, but just getting out of the house and having that 30 or 40 minutes of, of just peace. Um, and I never used to wear headphones, listen to music or any of that stuff. I, I just used to love that solitary. I say love it. I didn't love running, but I liked the the solitary nature of it. Um, and that did me a lot of good. And interestingly, actually doing running, gave me more interest in in my diet and and then perhaps my running form maybe strength and that sort of thing and and I reckon that's something with uh self-care and looking after yourself as you bring more things into your life um other stuff becomes easier to do and you can kind of build on it and build on it um and and it becomes less about um making yourself do it and more about wanting to do it I think yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I, I in, in a lot of ways, I look forward to the act, those activities rather than yeah. feel, in some ways it feels like a checkbox too, right? Like it feels like a checkbox, like, okay, did I do that today? Yes, check. But also it is something that I, I, I wake up and look forward to doing. I, I wake up and look forward to, to my workout. Well, yeah. Wow, maybe not right the right first thing, but but I am kind of excited to go to get it to go through it and and feel the after effects of of it. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to at the moment. I look forward to meditating. Yeah, which is a, a surprise. I, I just um, it's good, it, even though I do it first thing in the morning. So I've already had the break of sleep. It's like uh, stepping out of life for ten ten minutes. I only do it for ten minutes, and it's 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 really good. Yeah. Um, so how did you feel traveling back from your holiday? Yeah, I'm actually glad you asked because that's that's I wanted to touch base on that. Um, it's kind of funny. My wife and I both had the exact same experience and we talked about it multiple times on the way home. So our, our drive, just for context, was about four and a half hours uh, down there and then, of course, four and a half hours back. So quite a, quite a, quite a long drive. Um, and down there it was still fairly cold but it would get much warmer throughout the day to where we could be outside without jackets and it was just kind of nice or maybe a very yeah. light jacket uh, once once the day got warmer and so we're driving back up up north and we know we're driving back into 10 15 20 degrees colder weather mm-hmm. and both of us oh and, and and there's like almost no snow down there and as we're getting closer and closer we're getting you know a little bit more snow a little bit more snow <laughs> and the scenery of course is changing and both of us tended to notice this gloomy feeling that kept coming over us as we're getting closer and closer and closer to home. And, um, 
I'm not sure without, without our, our mindfulness or meditation practice, I'm not sure I would have fully recognized that in, in years past. Like I probably would have just felt down, felt not as excited, but not fully understood when it came or why it came or, or when or where. Um, but with some of this practice that I've, do, I've been doing, I noticed it on the drive and it was just building as we're getting closer. And then metaphorically, it was funny because again, we we're coming from sunny weather. And as we got closer and closer to home, it's like dark clouds. We pulled into the, <laughs> we pulled into the driveway and it's raining and it's just windy and cold. And it's just like this, that's the epitome of exactly how we're feeling right, yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's funny it's funny because i always get or not always often when we've had a break on the way on that drive back um i quite like it i often feel quite um enthusiastic about the future and I, i've discussed it actually in one of the the substack posts that i wrote which is coming back and thinking this time i'm going to do everything different i'm going to be more together yeah my work's going to be organized um the house is going to be tidy we're gonna we've got all these plans and everything and you know feel really enthusiastic and then you get home and then after 24 hours you're just back into the the usual sludge of existence yeah. and uh <laughs> it's a uh, and then that holiday it just seems like a distant memory so quickly but obviously it's valuable getting away but it is kind of like i don't know it's just such a shift isn't it from one one environment to another yeah big shift and it's funny because you and you like you said you kind of look forward to some of these activities and and you know, on the flip side of what I just said of this gloominess, like I was looking forward to getting back into routine, right? Getting back into my morning workout, getting back into eating right and sleeping better and doing all of those things. Um, but I'm still need to acknowledge that it, it feels a little bit gloomy despite the fact that, yeah, I, you know, I recovered last night, slept well, woke up this morning, worked out, um, did my meditation, everything back to, back to normal very quickly, just like you said, but it yeah. still, it still has a heaviness to it that wasn't there the last few days and there's mm. nothing even wrong there's nothing even wrong it's this is it's just a normal day um and so i don't want this to i feel like i've kind of set this up to be like a depressing sad conversation and i don't mean it like that at all mm. um but i do think it's important to acknowledge that like self-care is good and it does keep us balanced and and registered um but it definitely doesn't take away or make life all roses Mm, mm. that's the problem so what What does come on you're the therapist what how do you fix everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right how do you fix everything so i've actually there i mean there's two thoughts that i've had um about this and here's where it comes down to it for me and this is this is how i i practice it um there's one quote i'm going to read this quote because i think it's valuable and it's important and i think it fits into the story that i just said um so the quote says and I don't, I don't know who it's from. Uh, it says, you are not stressed because you are doing too much. You are stressed because you aren't doing enough of the things that make you feel alive. Hmm. And I think that that's so, so important. Um, because in this, in this case, like you said, like I was able to step away from 50, 60, 70% of my stresses, my problems, my worries, my daily life and feel alive again. And, and even though coming home feels a bit gloomy, I can reflect back on those two to three days of, of bliss yeah. and enjoyment and, 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 and keep, and keep going for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really interesting one. And the, the sort of stuff that keeps, you know, makes things worth it, life worth living, all that positive stuff. What I'm finding difficult at the moment 
seeing as we're discussing difficulties, it's yeah. just like, a, well, I, I find that I have glimpses of feeling utter joy and interest in the world and um, lots of things I want to do and explore and, and want to think about. But the trouble is, is that I also have to do things like the washing up and look after the house i've obviously got a full-time job so there's this whole slew of stuff that i don't really want to do um and i'm not trying to get out of doing that and i'm not i'm not even complaining about doing it it's just recognizing that there's a lot of stuff that we have to do i mean it's so obvious all this isn't it but it's just having that awareness that we've got all this stuff we don't want to do all this stuff we do want to do and then it's how do you find the balance and we and we could get really deep into this about you know well how much time should you spend at work um how much money do you actually need what size house do you actually need to live in you know do you need to drive that car you know all that sort of stuff and you could really decide to strip your life right back down to basics um but unfortunately it's not that easy especially if you've got a family because let's say i decided to completely simplify my life to strip out everything that was unnecessary that would have a massive impact on my wife and, and children yeah. and they are not necessarily wanting to choose uh to live that lifestyle so it's um you know it's incredibly difficult i think to find that balance it is it is very incredibly difficult and i think that that's that's another important piece that that we've talked a little bit about um is finding the joy in everyday life right? Is, is finding in the, in the space between all of those responsibilities, or even maybe during some of those responsibilities, what joy can be had through them uh, and, and using those, because obviously we can't just go on vacation every week and you can't, <laughs> you can't just, you can't just come home and think, okay, I just have to suffer through the next three weeks until I get to go on vacation again or six the six, yeah. six months until I go through vacation. That's not a life that anybody necessarily wants to live. And so while yes, none of this is all of this is obvious. None of this is, is brand new for anybody listening or for me and you. Um, but it is important to find the joy in those daily activities um, mm. any way that you can because that's, that's where we're living our life. And um, I think that that's where that's where we're talking about some of the self-care can come in to be helpful. Yeah. It's not a solve all. It's not a fix all, but you are finding joy in your meditation, like you mentioned. Mm. And that's a mm. little piece every single day that you can get joy out of. Yeah, definitely. I, I also um, think uh, talking of doing chores, I needed to tidy up this office that I'm sat in. I, it was a real mess and I had everything everywhere and, and I just couldn't be bothered. And and also because I'm doing personal development at college and we're talking about therapy on the podcast and everything, there is the uh, worry, is that the right word? Uh, the tendency to become too introspective and, and too much thinking about, am I happy? Am I living my life correctly? And all that stuff, you know, the, the sort of the fear of that kind of completely consuming you. And I was thinking about this and I had to do some chores and get on with some stuff. I thought sometimes you just got to forget about yourself and how you're feeling and all that. And I just put some upbeat music, ACDC for any ACDC fans out there. Just, you know, (laughs) just heavy rock music. And I turned it up loud and opened the windows, got some fresh air in and just got on with with what I had to do. 
and um yeah i suppose i mean even that is kind of therapy in its own way isn't it it's just shrugging off for for 10 15 minutes uh, all your worries and just just uh, just getting some enjoyment out of things and just lightening up a little bit because i mean i'm i'm somebody that thinks a lot anyway and i think that i sometimes need to remind myself to just get out of my own head and just yeah. chill out yeah yeah i think that's common too for a lot of people that are, are thinkers it, it generally the ones that think more generally um experience depression or anxiety right yeah. and it depends on your level of thinking which and, and maybe yeah. both um uh but yeah the, the more sometimes sometimes the more that we think and with the more we get wrapped up in those thoughts it can definitely control the environment mm. and our mm. and our experience and so i, I love what you that example you just gave, because I think that that's, I think that that's basically what I'm, a lot of what I'm talking about, right. Is like, you can, you can self care all day long, which you do, but in that, in that moment, um, you just needed to kind of get out of your own head and just focus on getting the room clean, put on some music that, that you can enjoy and just do stuff. And, um, that's exact. That's very similar to what to what I'm trying to to what I'm trying to say too. Is like, yeah, find yeah. the things that make you feel alive. Even if for me in in my story, it was a it was a vacation and getting out and feeling the sun again, which I haven't felt in four yeah. months, right? Yeah. But for you, it was fun, enjoyable music. And yeah, so it dancing around my office with my feather duster and uh, my vacuum cleaner, <laughs> listening right. to ACDC. What right. an image. Which you totally should have recorded for the podcast. For the podcast. I know. <laughs> that would have been good. I could do a bit later, maybe. Yeah. But. No, it's good. I've, I've been thinking about this recently, like quite a bit. Just, yeah, just, uh, yeah, getting out, of, getting out of your own head is definitely useful sometimes. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk talk about this this self-care thing is have you there's a documentary on netflix uh called stutz have you watched that stutz documentary I have not. it's basically um are you familiar with familiar with jonah hill the actor jonah hill no okay so he's 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 a comedian actor um and he has had his own mental health um concerns public and, he, and he's very public about it and the, he made this documentary that they put on Netflix with him and his therapist, which is sort of an inappropriate therapeutic relationship. But for the context <laughs> of, of our conversation, we'll, we'll just focus on uh, on what they talk about. But Stutz is, is um, Stutz is a therapist that he that Jonah Hill has used for for a very long time, and he he had this really good. Um, diagram that I think is so important for when, when we're talking about self-care. And so picture, picture a triangle and with three layers. So the bottom is, is the biggest layer. And, uh, that one is all about your relationship to your body. And that's the self-care that we're talking about, right? That's the working out. That's the eating, right? That's the sleeping enough hours. That's taking care of yourself and your body. And without that, you can't move up the triangle, right? Like it's important mm -hmm. to set your base. And so to me, that is, that's what self-care really is. It's not a solve all. It's not a fix all. It's not going to be like, oh, my depression is magically gone or my anxiety is gone, or I have a better whatever you want to accomplish if you go listen to happy music or if you go for a walk each day it's, it doesn't take care yeah. of that 
but it gives you a, the, the strong foundation and a base to be able to move up to the rest of the triangle. And then the other two parts of the triangle are um, a relationship with other people. So once you've taken care of yourself, then you need to take care of your relationship with other people. So that's going to be mm -hmm. people that are close to you, family, friends, because the social aspect of your life is extremely important. We have, we are, we're social, social creatures by nature. And um, so somewhere we need to have opportunities to have social outlets, whatever that looks like for you. And then the very, very top is um, your self-actualization, your relationship with, with your mind and your enlightenment or whatever you're, whatever you're trying to achieve. Once you've, once you've got your baseline of taking care of yourself, your baseline of having a good social outlet, um, then you can really do that deeper, more intense work uh, once, you've, yeah. once you've got it set. So he talks about that and that's exactly how I think of it as well. Yeah, I like that. It's like a foundation. So the self-care is the kind of foundation. And then you've got the, the tricky relationship bit in the middle and then the uh, bit about who you want to become. And this is something that we've been doing. Well, I've, I've been writing about in, in my personal development, um, this idea of, like, I think it's uh, Carl Rogers' sort of idea that we're all, we all naturally strive towards self-actualization. So, um, you know, we have this tendency to move towards that, but how difficult that actually is and how much courage it takes. And then there's yeah. the kind of thing about once your self-image is in line with uh, your ideal self-image, then that's when you can sort of achieve full congruence, which sounds completely impossible. I think he calls it a fully functional human or something like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really impossible to achieve it's it's a life project isn't it yeah and i don't know how you feel about it but sometimes i get bored of that project and i just want to think about other things yeah but, um but but perhaps that's because i'm studying and i'm you know i'm fully immersed in in this world again it's just finding that balance isn't it yeah yeah and exactly what you're saying is i i i think we brought this up on a different podcast um I can't remember when, but that idea of stepping away from achievement, right? So getting to his, his goal, um, instead of trying to accomplish it, it's about the journey on the way there. Mm. And I think that that's sometimes harder said than done, but I think that that's, again, that's where we're living our life. Cause you're right. We're never going to get there. And so if we're always just hoping to be there, then we've missed out on, everything else all along the way yeah uh, mm. so 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 learning to try to not focus on achieving it and focus more on the the journey of how we want to get there yeah yeah i've got something else um i feel like i keep saying depressing things but i'll say it anyway so like like meditation i've, I've been doing that quite a lot over the last few weeks and like I say i'm enjoying it and i'm really enjoying it and it is for me it feels really positive um but I think I mentioned to you perhaps when I spoke to you a week or so ago that one of the downsides of meditation and, and thinking about the fact that everything is in the present moment is to realize it. Because usually you're either stuck in in the future or stuck in the past. So yeah. either something bad's happened in the past or something good maybe, and you're excited about the future and all the potential and what you could become. And then if you meditate on this idea that everything 
you have or everything that is real is now and it's unfolding in real time, then there was this uncomfortable side for me, which was kind of like, whoa, is, is this it? Because right now, in the here and now, it wasn't that exciting or fulfilling mm. or anything. And that actually put me um, in a kind of depressive state of mind. <laughs> but, but I'll say that it did put me in a depressive state of mind. But after a few days of thinking about it, what I do like about it is that that things are constantly changing and and also that you have the power to sort of change the direction of your thoughts and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, it sounds like I'm losing the plot. I hope, hopefully some of that made, <laughs> I don't know. No, no absolutely. It, make, it makes a lot of sense. I, and I, I think, again, we, you and I are both on the same journey of diving deeper into this and sort of experiencing mm. it together. And there, there is something to be said about like, about that we can move from living in the past or the, or the future and try and trying to get rid of anxiety or depression, depending on whatever that looks like for us at that time and, and trying to be present. But it's also a weird balance, right? Because sometimes we, we look at the past and feel positive thoughts, feel happy, you know, memories and, and, and good things that way. Or even the future, like I can look forward to something this weekend and be really excited about it. Um, and so it is, it is an interesting balance to, mm. to how you want to look at that, that I, the idea I think the idea, and it's been helpful for me in my meditation, is it's been grounding, right? Like if I'm if I'm worried about something later on in the day, and I and I meditate in the morning, um, it will give me ten minutes of just some peace that I don't have to stress out about that thing that's coming up later today. Yeah. But sometimes, like sometimes, I want to look forward to the weekend too, because <laughs> something yeah. fun is fun and exciting is happening. It's just it's just an interesting balance. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a little offshoot of, of um, meditation, which I'm hoping this is to do with the fact I'm meditating. So quite often after a busy day, all the stresses and strains of, of work and everything, we, like we sit down in the evening and we might watch a bit of TV. And I've always noticed for months and months that I find even though I'm sat there trying to quote unquote relax, I, I don't feel relaxed. I feel um restless and i kind of always envy you know like if you see um or have the idea of someone relaxing on the sofa and just yeah just totally relaxing and watching tv i've always thought i, I just can't do that and i always mm. thought it was because i was a busy person or you know perhaps I had something better to to do or something but it's something that i've really wanted and over the last couple of weeks i've noticed that i'm much more relaxed in the evening and yeah. I can sit down with my family and actually engage in, in watching a TV program. And then I do pop out of my mind and observe myself and go, are you actually really relaxed or are you pretending? And all this bullshit <laughs> basically comes right. up. But I, I think, despite myself, I think I do, I'm actually enjoying it and, uh, you know, I feel comfortable and actually engaged in what we're watching. So I've got my fingers crossed that that is as a result of meditation. And if, if that's all it gives me, it's worth it just for that. Yeah. I love that. That's great. I am glad mm. you experienced that. Yeah. Well, if you're okay with it, I, I feel like I've, um, I, I feel like I've shared what I want, wanted to share and what I wanted to chat about. I'd love to hear uh, about what you've been up to and, and how things been going for you. And I, I know you read a book. I'd love to hear about that. 
I mean, you probably heard most of what I've been up to. Um, the only thing I've done really, apart from what I've been talking about, is I read a book which is the top five regrets of the dying, because I'm such a fun person that I had to seek out. A... <laughs> Honestly, I'm, guess, I'm guessing the idea behind this is um, is to hear these top five regrets so that you don't fall into them. Is that I the guess... premise? I guess that is the idea of it. So this is written by an author, or she's become an author called uh, Bronnie Ware, an Australian, and she was a palliative care nurse, I think probably in the, in the 90s and things. And so obviously she worked with dying people and she found that the, the similar regrets came up again and again and again. Um, it's a long story, obviously. That's why there's a book. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, but to sum it up, I mean, I can quickly tell you what these five regrets are, and it won't ruin the book. But the first, the first one, um, which we could talk about, is I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And it's just <laughs> even just the first part of that I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself. I mean, again, that's a whole life's work, isn't it? Trying to work towards that. Yeah. So, yeah. Authenticity, yeah. right? <laughs> Being authentic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, that's a challenging mm -hmm. one. <laughs> it's a really challenging one. And, and I've been thinking about it a lot. And I read an article on Substack by a guy called Kevin Kayser. Um, okay. I'll put a link maybe to his Substack because it's really good. He wrote an article on um, friends and different types of friends and how you act with different types of friends. And I've kind of weaved that into this question and thought, because there's that, the question of authenticity is, um, you know, you should be yourself perhaps, but then which self or which part of yourself should you be? Because, and again, we've talked about this on the podcast loads of times, but if I had a conversation like we're having now, uh, down at our head office, I'd probably get the sack because they'd think, who's this guy? He's like completely lost it. <laughs> or or, or right. other f friends that I hang out with, they wouldn't want to know about this stuff because they'd rather talk about, I don't know, how to fix their bike or football or, 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 or something like that. So straight away, that's a very uh, big thing to do, um, live a life true to yourself. There's another one, which is, the next one is, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And then we've got, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And then the last one, which I was really curious about, was I wish that I'd let myself be happier. Um, mm. And then it gets maybe a little bit new agey, which is, um, if, if you forgive me for saying that, but it, it, this idea that happiness is a, a choice, which I would have to sit and think about that. I don't... I actually don't agree with it, but it was an interesting chapter to read anyway. Yeah. Have you, um, have you had enough chance to, to think about it and that you can, sh that you can share your thoughts? Um, no, but I'll have a go. <laughs> Fair enough. If you stumble, I think, if you stumble I mean, through, everybody will understand. <laughs> but the happiness is a choice thing. See, for me, happiness is a fleeting emotion um like anger sadness rage i can't think of any other positive one, uh, negative ones positive ones joy joy there you go there's a positive one so i um i see it as almost on like uh like an equal palette of emotions um and they're going to pop up and and some are going to be stronger on different days 
depending on what's going on in your life. I think I have a problem with the idea of happiness as a choice because it depends what you need mean by happiness for a start. Also, I don't think it's useful to chase happiness or expect it because I think that if you put yourself in that state of mind, then you're quite likely to be disappointed (laughs) a lot of the time. I don't know whether that sounds negative or realistic or or what. Um, I suspect there's more to it. And if you read the book, it might not, you know, it might mean a little bit more than how I'm explaining it. But yeah, what what are your thoughts on the, the happiness thing? I think that my thoughts are evolving. Um, and I, I know that you and I have talked about a lot about meditation and mindfulness on this podcast, but I do think that that has a massive impact on, well, first of all, I think it has a massive impact on how you and I are both experiencing life in general, but I also think it has an impact on feeling these feelings and these emotions that you're talking about. And so much of that practice is really helping us to stop chasing happiness and Mm. just accept, first of all, acknowledge, and then accept whatever we're experiencing at that time. And therefore, because if I can do all these things that you would think make me happy, but if I'm still maybe just kind of blah, just kind of there, um, and, and not quite happy, if I did it because I was chasing happiness, then then I'm worse off, right? Then I'm I'm no longer just blah. Now I'm disappointed and frustrated and angry. Exactly like what you like what you said. Mm-hmm. You're setting yourself up. If I do all of these things to make me happy, and I feel like it's making me happy, well then then that's that's okay. But this mindfulness is really helping me to learn that no matter what my experience is, that's okay, and it doesn't have to spoil the experience. Mm. Um, so I, whatever, sorry, whatever the emotion is, that's okay. And it doesn't have to spoil the experience. Mm, Yeah. So I I agree. I agree with your thoughts on that. Um, Part of me likes, um, so that's my first thought. On the other side, I kind of like the idea of, I wish that I let myself be happy. Um, I I haven't read the book, so I don't know what the premise is necessarily, but Mm. the way you described it was, more along the lines of, of it's a choice, right? That this is something that I, I, I didn't realize I could have chosen. And I don't think that's completely out the window. Despite the fact of what I just said, I do think that there are aspects where I can say, if something's making me angry, I can let, I can choose to let that go. Um, if I, if it's something's making me frustrated and I have no control over whatever that scenario is, I can choose to let that go. Um, so it's not necessarily choosing happiness, but it is acknowledging what's there and then allowing it not to, like I just said earlier, not dictate my life, not dictate yeah. my experience. I might, I might align with that a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, it's just complicated, isn't it? You know, yeah. like this is terrible of me to admit, but my cynical brain when when the, the I wish that I'd let myself be happier, I thought to myself, easier easy to say if you're dying. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, I actually do wonder whether there is something in that. It's like I think if you're living and you don't have any immediate scary health problems, 
Um, I, I, I just think it's extremely difficult to think uh, in, in some of these ways, which adds another layer of it again. And sorry if I've offended anyone that was saying that, but I just, it's just how I felt when I read it. No, and I think I think that's I think that's fair. I think it's it's okay f- that you've thought that and and then felt that. To me, when you said that, the first thing that came into my head was is very similar to my vacation experience that we started with. It's very easy for me to say all my stresses are not around when I'm on vacation mm. because I've left seventy to eighty percent of them back yes. at home. And if yeah. you are, if you are unfortunately at the place where you are. are are dying on and in palliative care in hospice or whatever. And you've gone to the place of acceptance, 70 to 80 to 90% of life stresses probably has disappeared because you don't have much left. Yeah. Yeah. So basically we've just disagreed with the book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just disagreed. We with the haven't book. really. We love the book. I love the book. It's great. And she's, she's a really good, She's a really good storyteller and it is honestly it is inspiring reading it and i've come away from it and i've actually contacted a couple of um uh friends of mine that i, that I think i should get in touch with i haven't been in touch for for a while and that's been as a result of, of reading that book and there's also a lot in there about taking a leap of faith here and there if you want to do something different and and change your life and so there's it's it's full of golden wisdom like that but there was just some of this i mean i always have a problem with this when when something's explicitly put into a sentence you know this is how this is or i wish this was like this or happiness is a choice like i just have an immediate problem with with any such statement and that's my problem yeah no and and it's understandable right and i think that I think in a previous podcast, we've talked about toxic positivity and mm-hmm. always trying to like, if something, if something negative has happened, it's always trying to look on the bright side, always trying to find the silver lining, always talking about the good stuff and never being genuine and true. Like, I think that there's an aspect of that. And so I don't think that this conversation necessarily is criticizing the book. I think it's just taking our opinions and our thoughts and we don't have to align with everything, but it sounds like you've also found it the book inspirational at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I honestly would uh, really recommend it. And I think we might try and do a little book, um, not exactly a book review part on the Substack, but we might do something on Substack where we can put references to books that we've read and maybe write a little bit of blurb about it. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I bought a new fun. book. I bought a new book. Um, oh, what's it called? Hold on. It's called something funny it's not that funny um it's called <laughs> on <laughs> it's called on having no head okay that's uh, pretty funny <laughs> yeah. I like it. so that's that's my next book so it's 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 to do with meditation and meditating on the the idea of of, of not having a head so Perfect. stay tuned everyone <laughs> uh, yeah i've not heard of it but now you've piqued my interest so i'm excited yeah yeah i'll so. uh, i'll probably destroy that one as well <laughs> awesome well um i mean it's good to catch up with you is there anything else that you want to touch base on yeah no fine it's good to have a catch up and um yeah i just quickly say to everyone thanks for listening i've, I've um been looking at my you know what i'm going to listen to to this week on on pod, the podcast format and 
it just made me, it just popped into my head. I really appreciate people um, sacrificing their time. That's not the right word, is it? But actually choosing to listen to our podcast, you know, thank you. Thank you for listening to it. It's really, it means a lot to me. Um, you could be listening to anything and you choose to listen to us. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that that always does warm the heart a little bit, and we've actually gotten some engagement on Substack, and and you know, just talking with other people, and that's been fun too. I, I I'm really excited that we have that opportunity to be able to to talk more with other people outside of that share and find out stories that may have come up while they're listening or experiences yeah. that they've had or thoughts on the podcast. Like I, I I've fully enjoyed all of that, and I, I so much appreciate people sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Rich. Well, let's uh, let's end there, and and uh, we'll just catch up again later. Okay.